Yet again, you're listening to a podcast of spurious morality. And welcome to a podcast of spurious morality. It's the start of our second series. We're back. We've been away for a few months. We've we've recharged our podcast batteries. We've let Big Finish release loads of stuff for us to talk about. We've let the BBC drop actual Doctor Who 60th anniversary news to talk about. And now we're finally going to talk about it. Uh, I'm Johnston. And with me to talk about all of this stuff is Connor. Hello, Connor. Hello, I'm glad to be back. I know, we did, we, we've actually made it to a second series. We've we've beaten Alan Partridge. We've got a second <laughs> series. We've beaten Christopher Eccleston. Oh, shouldn't have said. Oh! I think you'll find we're going to be discussing some of Christopher Eccleston's uh I know, I can't, I can't make that joke in, anymore. In this episode. <laughs> You yep. used to be able to you used to be able to make that joke. You can't do that now. <laughs> yep, but we're we, we're not the we're not the Paul McGann of podcasts now. There you go. You can say it about Paul McGann. He didn't even get a series. He got a movie and six minutes. <laughs> oh, he's actually another, added a few and another two on. minutes. He's added a couple of minutes on. <laughs> uh, I love it. We get like an extra couple of minutes a decade. We're doing well. Um, <laughs> Well, Paul McGowan once said that he was the George Lazenby of Doctor Who. So thankfully, by coming back for a second series, we're not the George Lazenby of Doctor Who podcasts. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, So, well, spoiler warning, it's a bit of a difficult one to do. We're going to be talking about stuff that's been announced for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. So that's stuff that's coming up and indeed series 14 that will be coming after that. We're going to talk about Big Finish. We haven't actually done a Big Big Finish review episode since January, so we're going to be talking about a few of our favourite releases since January. Um, I hope we're not going to spoil anything else, but it's you know the warning is there. It could be quite a spoilerific episode. This could spoiler spoiler warning: the complete history of time. Yes, and <laughs> a little bit more as well. Um, so. Uh, news while we were away. What's what would you say is the biggest bit of news we've had uh, while we've been off air, Connor? It has to be Bonnie Langford. It does. It has to be actual national treasure, Bonnie Langford coming back to Doctor Who. Like Melanie Bush is back. I'm so happy. I am genuinely so happy. She, both Bonnie and Mel, are a bundle of fun, and. I really cannot wait to see her back on screen. It's really fitting, I think, that 
we had the first Russell T Davies era bringing back Sarah Jane Smith. And we're getting a similar sort of thing now with with Mel coming back. Um, well, they've just picked this. I, I I always feel very guilty because I sort of wrote Mel off as a, you know for a long time on that sort of received fan wisdom of the late 80s not being very good. But once I actually started to get into Big Finish and I listened to some of her stories, she's just... Mel is just so fun. She's just bubbly and bright and... You do very, you do very quickly realize when listening to Big Finish that not only is Mel a great character, but Bonnie is fantastic. Bonnie Lamford is absolutely brilliant and a real asset to the universe. And yeah, absolutely, she should be coming back. It's great, absolutely. And I've seen, I've, I've seen some of the set pictures um, of of her of the episodes that she's going to be in. And it's just giving me so much excitement. I cannot wait to see how this plays out. Getting to see her with a new doctor, um, and you know the joy that it seems, you know, the joy they seem to be having on set. Yes, absolutely. I have to admit that uh, there is, and this is a very, very fanish thing. This is, but there's, there's a question that I want answered, which is, how did Mel get back to Earth? Because even if you ignore Big Finish. She went off to travel with Glitz around space and try and keep him in order. If you don't ignore Big Finish, she's still travelling with the Seventh Doctor and Ace. So like, I want to know how Mel gets back to Earth to be in Series 14. Yeah, they'll have to, they'll have to cover that. They'll have to. Or Big Finish could cover it by just giving us one last set of Seventh Doctor, Mel and Ace stories just to round it off. Um. We should do an episode on those sometime. That'd be a good. That'd be an interesting one to do. What's the title for that one? Return to Peas Pottage. <laughs> uh, the Peas Pottage Adventures. I was trying to come up with something really witty there, but failed. Never mind. I don't. I don't <laughs> think you can put witty and peas pottage together in the same no. sentence. <laughs> no. No. Not without taking the peas. Um, yeah, no, I've not got anything. Let's move on. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, that is a very, very exciting bit of news. Mel is coming back to Doctor Who, a character that's not been seen on screen since the late 80s. Um, and th- there are rumours that she's going to have something to do with UNIT and all this kind of thing. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all sort of pans out. Uh, I think since we last podcasted, we've got more information about the 60th as well. It's going to be three specials. We've got the name of those names of those specials and one of them looks like it's going to be a pretty accurate recreation of the star beast yeah that's that's extremely exciting because for one it's very hilarious that what it's happening in the first place that we're going to get beep the meep and the warath warriors on you know bbc one's flagship tv event of the year um but there's a few other wee interesting details in there as well um so they released that wee trailer just before Eurovision, um, which again feels like a massive coup for Doctor Who. Um, getting that on you, that feels like a big change after the last couple of years. Um, like it was what I mean, two I... weeks before Power of the Doctor, but that we got a trailer or a month before or something like that. And here's the 60th getting prime time Eurovision coverage. I think the the last time there was anything like this, it was probably Jodie Whittaker's reveal which was yeah. was it in the middle of the FA Cup final or something like that 
FC Wimbledon. It was Wimbledon. It was, was, the, it Wimbledon? It was the men's final. All right, because uh, there was definitely something announced on Match of the Day because I remember Gary Lineker sat there really awkwardly kind of wondering why on earth he was talking about Doctor Who. But I think that was her first trailer, actually. I think that was the first been. teaser trailer. Yes, yeah. yes, you could well be right. Or or for a special or something, anyway. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's great. And it, it's it's good to see that, you know, Doctor Who's already getting that kind of attention and we have seen quite a bit of these specials already. They're, they're being sort of very slowly teased and drip-fed. And you know, the place to find Doctor Who gossip now seems to be Russell T. Davies' Instagram, which is... It's the way it should be, really. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's excellent. Yeah, so it's great. It, it's all been drip-fed, and it, it, we're just getting little hints, little teasers, and it's, it feels like it's building up to something that's going to be rather wonderful when it arrives in November. So roll that on, and, of course, we will be podcasting all the way through it. Um, so let's let's move on and talk about some big finish because we we do a little bit of that on a podcast of spurious morality. Um, so as I mentioned, we haven't done one of our big sort of big finish summary review. I hate I don't like calling them reviews, but you know, kind of episode. Uh, we've not done one since January, uh, and we really enjoyed January. I, re-listened to a bit of it the other day and we were extremely positive like we had river song and we had um a few other things as well i mean that river song set was brilliant and they've just announced that the next one's going to be the last which is a shame because friend of the family it really felt like they just sort of found uh found the feet with it a bit really they kind of caught on to something it looks like we're not going to get as much of that as as would be ideal but never mind I did um, find something a little bit interesting about that, actually, because um, this was in Doctor Who magazine um, last month, um, and I'm just looking it up now, but there was a uh, there was an interview with um, Alex Kingston in, um, in Doctor Who magazine last month that had uh, a quote from her along the lines of, you know, oh, the, the you know, I think it was the, the end of River is her beginning, which was her, you know, her last story was her first um but she said you know the husband's river song was you know the beginning of one change um and i went to big finish and we totally reworked river and you know she had her own series um she says and and you never know it might change again you know i I think river will go on something like that and just the timing on that uh, i think it was i think that interview was in was was sort of written in march um from memory and just the timing on that feels like you know her saying oh there's there's going you know this isn't you know the, the end of the diary of river song is not the end of river song there will be something more coming so maybe it's not so much the end of an era but the beginning of a soft reboot or something like that which yeah I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be more than happy with it there doesn't seem any sort of logical reason to end river song as a series so i do wonder if they've got something planned is it going to be you know, a big epic four box set arc, or is it going to, you know, maybe there'll be something. I hope there's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Friend of the Family was definitely kind of our highlight from January, which is when we last last talked about um, sort of recent big finish releases. So I'm going to ask you the question that I usually ask you at the beginning of those end of month episodes, which is 
what's your standout big finish release or I'll be nice releases of the last six months? It's very hard to narrow down because there has been a lot. Yeah, um, there really has. But maybe it's it's maybe because it's so recent. I'm really enjoying the current run of Fourth Doctor stories, um, and I think we're going to talk about those in a future episode rather than this one. Um, but I think it's fair. I haven't quite finished yet. I have done up to the end of the Weeping Angel story uh, in that run. Um, I haven't yet done the Ghost of Margaret, but. If the quality holds up, and from reading what other people have written about it, I think it probably will, I'm happy to call this the strongest run um, of Fourth Doctor Adventures in the Rangers history. It's really, really good. I mean, it, Season nine's right there. <laughs> like The Fourth Doctor Adventures Series 9 is right there. Um, what was, that? was that the eSpace one? Yes, it was. I think these I, th- I think these new ones are going to win. I'm sorry. I do. Well, at the time of recording this, I've I've yet to listen to the latest set. I'm doing a big Tomathon. I'm trying to do all of Big Finish Tom Baker in chronological order, and I'm a couple of stories off this new set. So I've kind of saved it. I never normally save it. I normally usually due to like podcast commitments, listen straight away. Uh, but I've I've given myself an extra week or two with this one. So by the time we record part two of this, I should have heard it and should be able to comment on it. Um, meanwhile, I think I've narrowed my favourite releases down to two. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, they're both continuations of Doctor Who spin-off series. Uh, one of them is Torchwood Among Us. Uh, part one, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, part two came out, uh, well, today we're recording it. On the day it came out, it'll obviously be a few days before our lovely listeners hear it. But um, yeah, Torchwood Among Us Part 1 was a very excellent set. Gave us an incredibly good Gwen Cooper story, um, and but just consistently excellent throughout. Uh, the other one um, would be Rani Takes on the World Beyond Bannerman Road, which uh, I, th- it, I think it was excellent. It was excellent. I think we were quite excited about it as well because obviously we uh, talked to uh, Joseph Lister on this podcast earlier in the year and he sort of dropped a few tantalising hints about it and, uh, yeah, it, it, it ended up being one of those sets that lived up to the hype, I think, and I think we had probably hyped it up quite a bit, so I'm really glad it was as good as it was. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more afterwards as well. Um, so one that we wanted to discuss would be, uh, I'm looking at the list now, uh, the Ninth Doctor Adventures Pioneers. So the first set in the third series of Ninth Doctor Adventures. Uh, let's get the obligatory, I still can't believe Christopher Eccleston's doing big finish out of the way because I really can't. Christopher um, Eccleston's doing a third series. Never. I know. <laughs> um, but it, it's it, it's so bizarre to think that by by the end of by the end of the next twelve months, um Christopher Eccleston will have done near enough three times the amount of audio Doctor Who as he ever did TV. I know, I know. And I, I was thinking about this just earlier on. I think I said this when we did our ninth Doctor. Um, episode last year but 
I always thought, you know, whenever, you know, I started listening to Big Finish sort of around 2015 and I thought, there's an outside chance that Chris Atkinson will do this someday. You know, it's not likely. I don't think it will. But even if he did one set, I would I would have been happy. That would have been enough for me to hear three more episodes of the Ninth Doctor as played by Christopher Eccleston. Um, and I'd have been, that have been more than enough for me. It's an absolute, it's beyond my wildest dreams to have had this much and to know that there's more coming. I, I never would have dreamt in a million years that he'd have done as much as he has and continues to do. It has to be said that Big Finish obviously do something right because they've had very, very few people kind of step away from it and go, right, I don't need to do it anymore. Um, I think the, sort of the most notable ones probably William Russell, but with him being in his late 90s, we can kind of understand it. Um, but really, apart from that, there haven't been that many people that have sort of consciously walked away from Big Finish and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I'm really glad that Christopher Eccleston hasn't done that because I was kind of concerned that maybe it was just a bit of a lockdown project for him. They got him in for 24 stories and that was it. We were done. But no, it looks like they've done quite a lot with him and he's never said anything that's not exceptionally positive about the experience. So hopefully we're keeping him for a long, long time. I did read from him. It must have been in the press release when... Uh, the next set, the next at the time of recording here, the next set has just been announced um, with uh, Alpha Centauri. Um, yes. Oh, bring it on, bring it on. That's the yes, all, all, all the yes to that, please. But there's a quote in there, I think, in that press release from him saying, um, or maybe it was from a convention, and I've read this in the comments section or something like that. But Eccleston has said. Um, Something along the lines of, um, you know, I can't believe some of these stories haven't been done on the TV series. Um, and, and he said Big Finish's writers were absolute top drawer. And I mean, he's not wrong. There's very, very few episodes of the Ninth Doctor Adventures that I dislike. Um, it's been a range, I think, from my point of view anyway, that has had a very, very high hit rate. Yes. And I'm, I'm delighted Absolutely. that he enjoys it so much. Yeah, it's it really has been a strong hit rate. It, it it hasn't been perfect, but I'd I'd challenge you to name a big finish range or run that has been perfect. Um, I'd challenge you to name a Doctor Who series or run that has been perfect. I just don't think it exists, but it's been very very high quality. It's it's consistently been excellent, and it's. It, it's sort of embraced bringing back things from the past. You know, we've had a, a Sontaran episode relatively recently that was just really well done, kind of approached them in a different way, did something interesting. And that's that's what I'm really enjoying about the Ninth Doctor stuff from Big Finish. It's it's kind of giving us that, that bridge to the rest of Doctor Who that Christopher Eccleston's lone TV series doesn't really have. It's very standalone. It's its own thing. It was rebooting it after 16 years off air, or restarting it at the very least. Um, so Big Finish is kind of giving us that link that we didn't have there. And I like that. It just makes feel, it makes Christopher Eccleston's Doctor feel like a bigger part of the Hooniverse, um, which is absolutely correct. Yes. And, um, that that the the set we're talking about here, pioneers. Um, I think it was the strongest one. Um, for for a while, 
Um, as I've, I've said, the range has a very, very high hit rate. This one sort of stood out above the others for me for a couple of reasons. Um, I really, really liked all three stories. Um, and you know, you, a lot of the time, a big finish, you get maybe two really, really good stories and then one that, uh, not that it's bad, but I maybe don't enjoy just as much. Um, but this one, it was all three here were just one, you know, one after the other. I just thought, yes, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, that first one I love for a couple of reasons. One being it had that little bit of continuity going, going from the previous set, um, where he still has Callan and Doyle traveling with him. Um, and there, I, I really like those two characters. I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't continue on, but I have half a mind maybe that they'll take on not a companion role, but more of a recurring character's role, you know, that the range maybe starts building up its supporting cast a little bit. And we'll, I'm hoping we'll get to see Callan and Doyle back again at some form in the, or at some stage in the future. The other thing being where, uh, the other thing with this one was it's a sequel to The Green Death. Now, I know that happens quite a lot. Um, but I, I, you know, getting a sequel to the Green Death with the Ninth Doctor, if I could go back in time and show that to my seven or eight year old self, would have lost his mind because I've never been able to pin down exactly which it was. But either the Green Death or Day of the Daleks was my first classic Doctor Who. Um, we saw it around about the time of series one, series two, um, of the new series going out. So getting you know, a Ninth Doctor story that follows on from the Green Death that has Boss and the Maggots really, really appeals to my, you know, to, to my 2005, 2006 self who's who's still in here somewhere. Yeah, it, it was it was the right way to do a sequel as well, or to it kind of brought back the villain, brought back the monsters, and didn't just retread the same old ground. We could very easily have gone, oh, look, they're dumping waste in a mine and it's the maggots again. But this was something different. It was a totally different setting and kind of a a logical next step for Boss. I kind of like how uh, how they worked that in. Um, and it was it was a thoroughly enjoyable story. Um, like I say, just sort of the, the ideal kind of sequel that I'd like to see. Um, because it managed to be something very different, but have have those familiar elements in. Um, I also thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the third story in that set, the beautiful game, which was uh, kind of about how uh, how league football came about, um, and it, it kind of it, it features it, it, in some ways it's quite a it, it's a historical story. It's almost a celebrity historical, but it, it doesn't quite do that, and it does have some more sci-fi elements than your average celebrity historical, maybe. But it it was a very, very enjoyable story, and it sort of uh, highlighted an awful lot about inequality in society and attitudes at that time that perhaps in some ways still need challenging now. Um, and it, it again, it was just something there was a lot there to enjoy and it was a really sort of well thought out story and actually of every doctor the ninth doctor is the one i can see falling in love with football and going to a football match and that kind of thing so i thought it was it's one of those stories that works best because it has the doctor it has in it there's uh, something in this story that uh, or something in the way eccleston plays the doctor generally 
Um, but it's really, really evident in this story. Is he? His doctor looks like you know, sort of. He looks like a bit of a hard man, you know, the whole leather jacket and 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 you know, close cropped hair. He, he looks, you know, I always thought he looked a little bit scary, but he, the way Eccleston plays him is he's underneath that sort of harder, you know, hard looking exterior. He's a total nerd. Um, he just gets excited with, you know, those, those traditional doctory things, you know, the beauty of the universe, but it's the wee specific things as well. And in this one, you get, you know, he sort of focuses in, he's a total nerd about football. Um, and part of that's maybe Eccleston, uh, you know, Christopher Eccleston's, you know, own interests coming through. I just really like the way it's done. He's, he's really, really, it's, it's a lot of fun to hear him like that. The writing in this one's really snappy as well. I remember it feeling really, I've only heard it the once on release. But it's, um, it's. Uh, I remember it just zipping along really, really neatly and concise, concisely. Uh, just the way the whole thing flowed, I thought I really, I really, li- really, really liked. That was really well done. Um, so yeah, that was a strong one. And again, there's a little bit of a personal thing in it because we have the manager of Preston North End, um, and my dad is a is a total. You know, my my dad's a real, really lifelong Manchester City fan but when they mess up and they annoy him a bit he decides to change allegiances and his chosen team in those cases was always Preston North End <laughs> so I was able to come away and show him look, look at this one it's got the manager of Preston North End in it so I'm aware that's not something you should normally review a story on the basis of but I it's it's that's the reasons I'm going with <laughs> I mean I'm a I'm a Man United fan and you've just ruined the episode for me <laughs> listeners it's been lovely speaking to you all you'll never hear from me on this show again <laughs> for those of you that still remain we're now a football podcast no we're <laughs> look it's a story about a manchester city fan getting annoyed at manchester city is this not right up your street as a united fan um Yes, yes, yes it is. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from the football and we'll move on from the Ninth Doctor, although not because <laughs> we want to escape the subject of the Ninth Doctor, obviously. Um, yeah, Eccleston's great. Eccleston's still great. And I'm really, really loving the the continuing Ninth Doctor sets. I'm looking forward to him meeting Alpha Centauri uh, in August, I think, that one. This doesn't. Maybe I've mis. Maybe I'm misremembering, but this doesn't seem to be a Paladon story. Am I right in saying this is Alpha Centauri on other yeah, I business? Think, I think it's an Alpha Centauri story, not a Paladon story. Yes, I'm very, very up for that. As far as I'm aware, we've never had before. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that's finally happening. It feels very long overdue. I do kind of want more Paladon, though. Oh, absolutely! But I, I love this thing of, of, of Doctor Who. Um, you know, not sticking to those same elements, you know, where it's, oh, we're on Peladon, Alpha Centauri has to be there, or Alpha Centauri's in it, we have to go to Peladon. You know, breaking that up and using the elements in a little bit of a different way and expanding on them, showing us a little bit more of their life elsewhere is 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 definitely something I can get behind. But yeah, I think every Doctor should visit Peladon at least once. I think that's something they need to do, except maybe the War Doctor. Um. In fact, there's, isn't there something about Peladon being destroyed in a recent? There War is set? indeed. Yeah, I was going to say. Or was it an eight? Was it an eight? Thought. Yeah, uh, it, there's no, a time. It was war. the last. It was the not the last Jonathan Carley set, but the one before it. Yes, 
yeah, I remember listening to it and going, oh, the Time Wars wiped out Peladon. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> however, the Tenth Doctor turned up on Peladon in the Peladon set, so it's maybe it survived the Time War after all. It went and hid with Gallifrey. I'm, I'm now manifesting that as official canon. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's going to turn up on a big finish. <laughs> yes. Um, so if anyone from Big Finish is listening, Peladon hides with Gallifrey. Yeah. Actually, there's um, the thing as well. This this story is written by Rob Valentine, um, who script edited the Peladon box set. So there's that little bit of a connection there as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there should always be like one Peladon geek on hand at Big Finish, always, as a rule. Something like tells me a, there's not a shortage of them. <laughs> no. But when they're when they're uh, interviewing a new script editor, you know, where do you stand on the Peladon stories? Is it should be the first question? Absolutely, I can uh, totally I can go into the real realms of nerdiness um, as far as Peladon goes because uh, later in the year there's going to be some Doctor Who Magic the Gathering cards, and they've revealed some of them already, and one of them. Uh, uh, worth saying as well some of the art on these cards is absolutely gorgeous um, but one of them is the TARDIS on the side of Mount Mageshra on Peladon and it's very very pretty oh excellent so you see Peladon is just seeping its way into the the collective the wider world. <laughs> consciousness again <laughs> which means that I reckon the next Doctor and Mel should go to Peladon. And Mel's yes, been there before with Big Finish, so it should be a return journey to Peladon for Mel. And we, we have the, witted on about Peladon for long enough now. We can get the mythical Peladon Brexit story at last. It should happen. It absolutely should happen. 100%. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um so moving away from Doctor Who slightly, actually, um, because uh, Big Finish brought back Dark Season. Um, and I, re- I remember I was recording, I think it might have been a season-by-season season, uh, episode of this podcast when the news was announced that they were bringing back Dark Season. They had the majority of the original cast, including Kate Winslet. Um, and we released it as a bonus episode, like our reaction to it just instantly then we released as a bonus episode. I was very excited about this. I thought it was sort of a really interesting thing for Big Finish to do. And of course, Russell T. Davis actually wrote an episode. Uh, we've now had that set. That set exists. I I took my time listening to it, actually. I kind of really savoured it and enjoyed it. And it was a long set. It was four, four, four parters, wasn't it? Uh, three part. They were all three. Three parters. Three parters. Sorry, four three parters. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was essentially the equivalent of series two and three of Dark Season, um, and I think it worked really well. I have to admit, I went into it expecting Kate Winslet to basically be a little bit of a cameo. Maybe she did them five or six lines down the phone on a Tuesday afternoon when she didn't have anything else on. But no, it. it she plays quite a significant part. She, she, she's um, actually in it more than um, any of the other original cast members. Yes. Um, but I quite like the fact that they sort of saved Marcy for right till the end. Um, 
it was kind of you know this big reveal. I, I felt very conflicted about that um, because I did go in really excited to get more of those original characters. You know, a bit older. Um, I, I I wasn't expecting it to be so heavily weighted in favor of the new characters as it was, and that's not a bad thing because they are great characters, um, and they're really well realized as well. But I, I I I was very surprised that it was more heavily focused on the newer generation than the originals. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect from it, but at the same time, if if you're going into this, you should introduce a new generation of characters, and uh, you know, we'd have felt shortchanged if those characters weren't as well established as they were. Um, and it's also wide open for more. You know, there's a new team; the old team are kind of firmly re-established. It's exceptionally heavily implied that Marcy now works for Unit. Like the, I, There were two or three lines in it that just kind of dragged the whole thing into the Hooniverse. Um, it was... Uh, uh, Marcy used uh, Unit call signs, didn't she, while she was yeah, bringing in her specialist team. It was very much a case of... You can imagine, you know, you, 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 we as listeners and as Doctor Who fans are clearly meant to imagine, you know, the unit uniforms and the unit vans and the logo on the side, but they never ever mention it. Um, I, I actually think don't that, think this again. This is getting very, very particular. But I don't think a BBC logo appears anywhere on this set, so it must be completely owned by Russell. Um, I don't think there's any mention of this being a BBC property here at all. So there's probably something that they couldn't mention unit. They couldn't make it explicit, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Marcy turned up in a unit set or a Dr. Who story at some point. That would be fantastic. Brave new, put her in brave new, put Marcy in brave new world. Yes. Why not? (laughs) Well, I think that, um, I think Russell T. Davis has said that he he wrote a character that was meant to be Marcy into damaged goods. So, actually, maybe Marcy's in unit isn't the big bit of news that the new Dark Season set suggests it is. Uh, <laughs> and maybe it's maybe it's been well established for nearly thirty years now. Uh, but either way, obviously, it's it it was a nice little nod. It was a great little bit, um, and just one part of an absolutely brilliant set I, I really did enjoy it like i say there was a lot to listen to um it, it was it was a long set it was a lot longer than i was expecting there was a lot more to it than i was expecting um but it, it's it, it did prove to be a great release and i do hope that it's not a one-off i do hope big finish do more um because they they seem to have established a nice team now and now they've done that Maybe, you know, they don't have to have every member of the new team in every episode. They could kind of go down the Torchwood route and experiment with team-ups, and they've got a big, big cast of characters to draw from. And uh, maybe that would be the way they approach it moving forward. Yeah, I I, I, I I, did get a lot out of the set. I think you can definitely tell Big Finish pulled out all of the stops on this one. Um, you look at the cast, you know, that you look at the... Um, uh, the lineup of writers involved, and you instantly know you're in for something quality. But I, 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 I really liked it a lot. I like that it sort of builds up to, you know, because you know it it starts off and it's 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 more of a successor to the original series than it is a sequel. 
But you do build up and get, you know, little mentions here and there of someone helping the villains, and it's obviously Mr. Eldritch. Um, you get that he sort of turns up at the end of the third serial and you know, lead into the finale, and it's like, oh, yes, at last, this amazing villain has returned. Um, and then you get that fourth episode, which is just a straight-up sequel to the original series, with that cat with the two generations interacting and Mr. Eldritch. I think Mr. Eldritch is a brilliant villain. He's really well played. Um taking a lot from the master, I think it's fair to say. Um, even in even in the T V series, I think it's fair to say Mr. Eldritch lifts an absolute ton and is copying the master's homework very closely. But he, he's he's really good and um I think it's Grant Parsons plays him, I think, uh, is the name of the actor. Yeah, He slips right back into that role. It's like he's never been away. You know, a lot of Big Finish, you know, a lot of time you're listening to Big Finish, not someone's first appearance, it takes them a little bit of time to get into it. He just got straight back into that role. And I could imagine Mr. Eldritch perfectly. It just got that, you know, the whole... I was just able to picture him straight away from that performance, which is absolutely what you want um so I, I could be wrong but i don't think he's like entirely stuck with acting since the early 90s either he hasn't um, I, I i listened through the behind the scenes in full and he said this is the first time he's acted in a long long time and it was absolutely pitch perfect it was brilliant yeah and as i, as, as I said those behind the scenes are definitely worth um a lesson as well, you know. I, I think you know, just looking at the names of the people involved behind the scenes, not just the cast, it's definitely worth a listen. You get a really good couple of interviews with the new generation, but then you get Russell T Davies and Kate Winslet catching up on old times, and you get um, Victoria Lambert and Grant Parsons, um, both of whom I think haven't acted very much since Dark Season. Um, you get them sort of reminiscing about the old days and talking about what it's like to be back. And yeah, I, I, I don't do the behind the scenes disc very often, um, but I made time for this one and it was really, really worth it. It's a really, really good lesson. Yeah, absolutely worth going to. And it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a real sort of prestige release. It is sort of, noticeably a, a sort of a, a cut above a lot of other big finish stuff in terms of production and like you say the cast is just ridiculous they've got pretty much everybody back from the first or the original series and they've built a whole new team on top of it and it, it's you know that finale balanced pretty much every single one of those characters and did it so incredibly well and it was just full of real punch-the-air moments, anybody that's seen the first series. And I'm not a a long-standing fan. I'd been meaning to watch it for a while, and the announcement of this set kind of kicked me into getting onto BritBox and actually doing it. So I only saw it for the first time relatively recently. Um, And it it just, even for, you know, someone that doesn't have the nostalgia factor, this set was just... It was the perfect follow-up. It was the perfect sequel. Definitely, definitely. And I was in the same boat. It was, um, I, I think I was vaguely aware of Dark Season and, um, oh, what was the other one? Century Falls um, was, was Russell's other one in a sort of similar vein um, about that time. Um, 
it was it was just before this set came out that I did Dark Season Three on Britbox. Same sort of thing as yourself. I I I I can't say I got on. I I I. It's difficult to say I got much out of it. It's very very clear that it's Russell's first TV work. Yes, and you can see the the, the embryonic version of 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 Russell in it. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of very familiar elements. Um, it's 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 difficult to sort of it's difficult to criticize it because it's early 1990s CBBC, maybe not even CBBC Children's BBC or whatever it was called at the time. Um, you know, it was very you know it 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 looks a little bit ropey here and there. But you see that second serial and the last episode um, with. Behemoth coming up out of the school assembly floor, and um, the confrontation between Marcy and Mister Eldritch in the assembly hall. Um, it's absolutely electrifying. It's so good, and you know, I got to that bit. I'd seen the rest of the series and I thought, oh, here it is. This is definitely Russell T Davies. You know, yeah. this is just pure Russell from start to finish, and and genuinely was on the edge of my seat watching that final episode because. As we say, it feels so familiar to us as, as Doctor Who fans and as people who have seen what Russell has done since. And, and of course, like, it, oh, of course, here it is. You've watched the series and it's like, okay, a wee bit here and there, and like, oh, that last episode, there is the Russell we know and love. And it features the iconic Russell T. Davis line, where am I going to go? Ipswich, which obviously <laughs> Rose Tyler uses in uh, The End of the World. Uh, I would fantastic. love very much if that appeared in every Russell thing. If that was I, I think it right. should. <laughs> I think it should certainly get used again uh, in his his second run of Doctor Who. Um, yes, we should hear that again. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that it, it was it was truly a sort of really really great thing to have. Some, uh, you know, I really enjoyed listening to it, and I'm I'm going to go back to it in the not too distant future. I think I'll probably watch the series and then go straight on to the the sequel set and uh like i say hopefully there's more there's definitely room for more we have got this newly established team and i think that big finish would be daft if they weren't gonna follow up on it somehow so moving on uh the last thing we're going to discuss today uh, obviously we're going to do another episode kind of catching up on things that happened while we were away um but the the last one we're going to talk about today is as i mentioned before um Beyond Bannerman Road, Ronnie takes on the world, which is uh, sort of a, a very, very long-awaited and very much anticipated. And you know, it was perhaps something that we thought would never happen or didn't know how it would happen. Uh, but it finally has happened. It's basically a sequel to the Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, Ronnie is now the lead character, and uh, we're very much. Uh, sort of picking up 10, 15 years later um, and these characters that were obviously school kids in Sarah Jane Adventures are now adults and Sarah Jane is gone, which is something I think was handled absolutely wonderfully. I think they got that right straight away and the whole set just went brilliantly from there. It was really enjoyable. There are familiar faces returning there are even more familiar faces returning in the next set which is due out in i think december 
Um, so Ronnie takes on the world, Connor. What were your sort of general thoughts about it? I I thought it was fantastic, and I'm I'm delighted that we finally got to the stage where it can happen because it it was for a very long time something that fans were saying oh can we have some you know adventures or some stories with the bannerman road gang you know after their time with sarah and a lot of the people involved said no it's not going to happen we don't want to do it without elizabeth sladen um which is entirely understandable and i had accepted so when this got announced i was over the moon um i to just jump back in time very quickly i think it's fair to say that the sarah jane adventures was just as much of an institution um, as Doctor Who was at the time, um, like I have friends who were Sarah Jane Adventures fans who didn't watch Doctor Who, or got into Doctor Who through Sarah Jane. Um, so it's 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 an absolute joy to have these characters back again and to have it be so closely linked and so closely in the spirit of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, even down to having the same composer and using some of the same music pieces from the Sarah Jane Adventures, that was a real that came as a real surprise to me, but a very very welcome one. It strikes in particular at the end of that first episode where they play a little bit of that story so far theme, um, that sort of slightly sentimental emotional piece that you would definitely you know it, it, it the first couple of notes played from it, and I thought. Oh, they've got that bit of music. That's brilliant. That just ties that straight back into the original series perfectly. Um, but it's a joy to hear Ronnie and Clyde back. Like they've grown up, you know, along with you know, along with us as listeners. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to hear what they're getting up to, what they have got up to in their adult lives, um, and how things are. Um, that first episode written by Joe Lidster, I think it's fair to say, is the the highlight of the set. Um, really, really emotional experience to listen to that um, because it is about these characters remembering Sarah Jane and, and how they've lived their lives after her, their time with her, um, which feels almost like a sort of slightly connection you know slight connection to the real world and and how we as fans and how i suppose the people involved feel about making this without her and without elizabeth sladen um so that was fantastic and i cannot wait to hear it again i'm going to save the whole set for a little bit closer to the second one coming out um so i cannot rate this series highly enough i can't wait to hear the second one um and I'm delighted that they've got Tommy Knight back as Luke as well. That's revealed in the video trailer for this one that Luke Smith and Mrs. Wormwood are going to be in the second set. And I I cannot wait to hear the whole Bannerman Road gang back together again. And I think it's, it, I mean, we, we, we kind of approach Sarah Jane Adventures from a different perspective. It, it, I was... I watched most of it, but I was probably slightly too old for it. I think it was just kind of at the very, very, very upper end of sort of target audience age, target audience age when it very first started. Um, and I, I don't quite have the same nostalgia for it. However, um, obviously, the whole series itself is just a complete miracle. It's Elizabeth Sladen in a lead role. Um 
30 years after she'd left Doctor Who, it was, you know, this this character of Sarah Jane coming back. It had the Brigadier in it. It, it, it was utterly bonkers um, that it even happened and that it was ever successful. And I think that it was, you know, when Joseph Lister joined us on this podcast, we, you know, we were sort of talking to him about how it didn't talk down to its viewers. It didn't patronise its viewers. It sort of accepted, well, you know, kids do go through things in life and they do understand concepts that are considered to be, you know, higher than them. And, and it, this series wasn't patronising at all. And it was actually very accessible um, for somebody who was a little bit older. So the whole series itself was just fantastic. And it, it, it's great that, you know, they... We've now got this adult version of it. Well, not adult version. It's not Torchwood adult, but, you know, the characters are grown up adult, I mean. Um, we've got this version where the characters are adults now, and it's it feels like they've grown with me since it was on. And I, I do really, really like that. I think that's absolutely great. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. It's going to be interesting to see how Luke is as an adult because Luke was always the naive one that hadn't had well any upbringing, not even a normal upbringing, but any upbringing. So it's it's going to be really nice to see what the dynamic is between the three of them now. Um, but I think that the first set, just utterly brilliant. It was exactly what I wanted from those characters, exactly where I want, they were all exactly where I wanted them to be. Um, and the all three stories were just excellent, really, really high quality stuff. Um, and it was it was one of those sort of labours of love, really. I think everybody that was involved with it was doing it because they really just wanted to produce something amazing that had had that link to that amazing series from fifteen years ago. It feels very fitting as well um, that Rani, you know, was being set up sort of in the original Sarah Jane Adventures as being Sarah Jane's successor, you know, uh, the sort of investigative journalist thing was a, a whole part of her character back in the in the TV series. And it feels really fitting now that she's the, you know, the, the nominal lead of this, even though Clyde's in it for a chunk as well and Luke's going to be in the next series. Um, you know, it feels right that she's the lead, that she has followed in Sarah Jane's footsteps. Um both in and out of the real world um, and that she's got her own series and that she has become this really successful journalist. Um, So that, I think it feels right that it's focusing in on her uh, in particular out of those three, but I'm delighted that all of them are there. Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic parallel. And um, yeah, I hope it becomes a range that keeps on going. I hope it becomes a range that runs. Um, We know two sets are happening well, we know that one more set is happening. It would be nice to hear that there's there's plans for it to go on after that, um, which I'm sure there will be. It definitely has the potential to do so, and I really, really hope it does. Yeah, but they've. Uh, it was always something that had to be done very sense sensitively, and they've they've absolutely got it right. Just everything they've got the tone right. They've got the way they've handled. Sarah Jane not being around anymore, right? They've got where the characters are now, right? It's just, it, it is perfect. And it, as I said before, it, it's kind of one of the the highlight releases of the last few months. 
as far 100%. as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's excellent stuff. Um, so that is all we've got time for. We've 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 done an episode. That's it. Series two. It's happening. We're doing it. Um, I will be honest with listeners. It's not actually the first episode we've recorded of series two, but it's obviously the first that's going to be broadcast. So by the time you've heard this, there are actually a few episodes in the bank and ready to go. We've carried on with season by season. Um, we're going to do some follow-ups to episodes we did last year. We're going to do another one about non-Doctor Who Big Finish. We did one right near the start. It was one of our first episodes, and we're kind of revisiting that idea. I'm very uh, excited to revisit that. I'm getting through some of my very, very favourite audios here for that one, um, and I, I need to get back into those. It's, it's sort of fallen off in the last few days. I'm very excited for that one. You, you got distracted by Tom Baker, didn't you? I did. I got very distracted by yeah. Tom Baker. That's, that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> Everybody should. Um, I also mentioned that one of my favourite releases while we've been away was Torchwood Among Us. Uh, we are going to do a whole episode dedicated to the Torchwood Among Us series when it concludes in, um, well, within the next month. Um, so uh, we've got an awful lot to talk about. and It's all quite exciting and uh, I'm looking forward to just carrying on talking about Doctor Who for a bit. Um, so for now, we'll say goodbye. But like I say, we'll be back for plenty more. So a uh, big thank you and goodbye to Connor for joining me for the scary first episode back after a bit of a break. Oh, not at all. It's been wonderful. Thank you all very much for listening. We're very, very glad to be back. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's good to have everyone listening back as well. Um, we'll be back next week with more of this actually we're just going to do a second part to this episode discuss some more things that uh, came out while we were away um, i'm particularly looking forward to talking about purity unleashed because obviously we had jacqueline rayner on for a special episode in between series um kind of discussing that so it, it, it'll be good to kind of look at what happened next as it were uh, so we're going to talk about that we'll talk about the fourth doctor and um, I'm sure we'll find some other things to chat about too. But in the meantime, goodbye and thank you for listening. <laughs>